0: Hello friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back to today's episode. Really excited to jump into a verse that we read last episode, but didn't really get a chance to unpack. So Romans chapter 6, verse number 13, just to bring you up to speed, when it comes to victorious Christian living, we need to understand who we are. Okay, we are saved ones who are now dead to sin. The old man, the old us died with Christ, and we are now alive. The new man, the very life of Christ is ours. We died with him. We we were raised with him. Baptism depicts all of that. And therefore, we have the potential for victorious Christian living. Doesn't mean that we're going to live victoriously. And sadly, uh, some believers choose to stay in that Slave market of sin. The prison doors are open, but for some inexplicable reason, they stay in the hog pen. That's not a good decision. But now we have freedom to do the things we ought to do. We have liberty. We have the resurrection power of Jesus Christ available to us. So we need to know this. And then we need to reckon this to be true. That's an accounting term to say, I want to activate this truth in a practical way right now. Bring this to the forefront of my thinking. And then we want to make sure that we understand that the Christian life is really a matter of what we give ourselves to, what we yield ourselves to. So based upon what we know, based upon the identity that we have, based upon this reckoning of this information in a new practical present way, what should we do with this body? What should we do with this tool? That's what a body is, this tool. God has saved us in the sense that we positionally are right with God. Positionally, we are justified. Just if I'd never sinned. We've talked all about that. Our bodies are not yet saved. Now, the old man is dead, but his imprint upon our flesh is still there. Those inordinate desires that we have, the frailties of our flesh, they must be subjugated. We must yield ourselves to God so that we can live in victory over the devil, the world, and our own flesh. So we need to begin to view our bodies and view the, the body that God has given us along with the opportunities and our are various gifts and abilities as tools by which to serve God. So watch the language of verse number 13, where it says, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness. So when the Bible says, don't yield your members, what are the members the Bible is talking about? The members here refer to the members of your body. So I want you to think just how practical this is. So what is the Lord saying? The Lord is saying, now that you are a saved one, now that you're dead to sin, alive unto God, then view your life, view your body as a tool that can be used for righteousness. So think about the members of your body. You have a tongue, right? James talks about that a lot in James chapter 3. Well, yield your tongue to God. Ask the Lord to help you to use your tongue to speak only things that are good and edifying. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. In fact, that very verse is in the context of this truth, where the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 4 said, okay, you have this old man that's dead now, so Put off these things that represent, that are a a representation, an imprint of what the old man was. So put aside lying. Put aside corrupt communication. Don't let any of that proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying. What's he saying? He's saying what he's saying here. Yield your members. Think about your tongue. Think about your eyes. Lord, I don't want my eyes. These are your eyes. These are sanctified eyes. Lord, help me to see only those things that are going to honor you. Help me not to look upon those things that would dishonor you. Oh God, I yield my ears to you. I yield my hands to you. Help me to do those things that would please you. I yield my, my legs to you. Help me to go to those places that you want me to go. And and all of it, And we can get very specific about the members of our body to say, I want my body and all of it's component parts to be an honor and a glory to the God who saved me. So present them. I think he says this in a really big way, Paul does, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, when he just kind of puts the whole thing together and says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, yield them, offer your bodies a living sacrifice. Here, it's much more practical. Because he says, hey, it's your eyes and your ears and your nose and, and your feet and your hands and all of it. Yield yourselves unto God. Do you see it in verse number 13? And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Use me. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Have you ever sung that old hymn? And then he talks about take my hands, take my feet, take my That's that's where this song comes from, Romans chapter 6 and verse 13. Look at how the thought continues, verse number 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? It no longer reigns in my life. I'm dead to sin. The old man is dead. Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. Uh, Grace has liberated me. The law could never do that. In fact, The law didn't save me from sin. No, the law actually magnified the sin in which I was living. It made sin that much more obvious to me. I'm not under the law, though. I'm under grace. And grace is that operative principle uh, of God in my life that gives me both a desire and an ability to do his will. And, And grace is not a license to just go do the things I want to do. No, grace empowers me to do the things I'm supposed to do. I like what it says in Titus chapter two, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. But then watch this, teaching us. So grace teaches us, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously and godly In this present world, you see a person that truly apprehends God's grace, a person that truly is the recipient of God's grace is going to understand that grace empowers us to say no to things, to say no to ungodly behavior, to say yes to the things I ought to do and that by God's power I can do in his spirit today. That's the excitement of the victorious Christian life, that I now have grace to do the things I could not do before. Look at verse number 15. What then, Paul says? It's interesting, in the first seven or eight chapters of the book of Romans, Paul just asks questions all the time. I think there's like 50 some odd questions that he asks just in the first half of the book of Romans. And I love that because it it helps me, the reader— It helps you, the reader, the listener, to to understand better questions and answers. But what about this? But wouldn't this be true? And Paul kind of asks the questions that you and I might ask and then answers them under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So look at verse number uh, 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Hey, if there's no more rules, if there's no more law, that's kind of holding me accountable, then shouldn't I just kind of live and 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 let live and, and go ahead and sin? I'm not under law, I'm under grace. But watch the answer again. You saw this answer back at the begin, beginning of the chapter. God forbid, God forbid. No, the, the point is not that now that I'm not under the law, the law was my schoolmaster to show me that I need Christ. And now that I have Christ, I'm not under the law. But wait a minute. Grace now helps me to obey the things that the law condemned me for not obeying. Now, grace gives me the power that I did not have. Grace lifts me up where the law beat me down. Look at verse number 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin, Unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. Now, that is such a key verse because the Bible says now that we are believers, we have volition. We have the ability to yield ourselves to God who who saved us, whose spirit dwells within us, or we can yield ourselves to be the servants of sin. But the fact is, you are going to serve somebody. You're, you, you say, well, I'm not going to serve anybody. Then you're already serving somebody, right? You can either serve God or serve sin. And to whom you yield yourself, present yourself, say, you can have me. I'll do it your way. That's the person to whom you are a servant. So it's either God or sin. Now, here's the thing. If you yield yourself to your sinful desires, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I, I'm saved and and you are. And, you know, I can do this and, and I, you know, I, yeah, that's true. But understand this, sin has built in consequences and sin brings death. And boy, you want to live a life of, and I'm not talking about eternal death here. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I'm talking about spiritual death in the sense of when we yield ourselves to sin, then we live a life of defeat. We live a life that is of purposelessness. We live a life that is uh, shameful. And yet the Bible says when we yield ourselves unto God, we have uh, its obedience unto righteousness, that God works in our life, and He forms within us a very character of Jesus. And there's a trending upward, and there is uh, uh, an increased ability to live in victory over sinful habits and attitudes and sinful priorities and schedules and all of it. There's really two choices on that shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self, serving God, yielding to him or yielding to our sinful desires or to the temptations of this world or the subtleties of the devil himself. Verse number 17, I think, is where we're going to go tomorrow because we don't have enough time to finish this, but we will, Lord willing, finish the chapter tomorrow with a very, very familiar verse that is often taken quite out of context. So I want you to come back and hear all about that. Thanks for being so faithful to the podcast. It means the world to me. It really does. Get a friend or two to jump in and listen in future episodes. But until I see you again... God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.